0: Hello everyone, my name is Rick, Rick van Bruggen from NeoTechnology, and uh, here I am again doing a podcast recording that I've been looking forward to for a very long time with my Uber boss uh, and CEO (laughs) Emil Efrem. Uh, Hi Emil. Hey Rick, how's it going? It's going really well. Uh, Thank you for coming on the podcast. You're number 33, I think there must
1: be some symbolism in here. <laughs> well, a- and any time you describe me as an Uber boss is uh, is a good time in my day. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely.
0: Emil, uh, thanks for coming on the podcast and, and you know like always you know we we're, we're going to um uh ask you some questions and and, and, and talk a little bit about graphs and and 4 J obviously. And, and uh, we've got a little quiz prepared. So uh that should be interesting. <laughs> um so first of all, Emil, I mean Many people will know you, but not everyone. Could you uh, introduce yourself? Your, who are you, what do you do, and what's your relationship to Graphs and neo j
1: Sure. Yeah, so I've been here since the beginning. Um, so together with uh, my co-founder, Johan, and my co-founder, Peter, uh, back in, in the late 90s, in 99 and, and early 2000s, uh, we we got the idea uh, that that maybe we could structure data in a different way. And we, we got there through a variety of, of, of reasons and means, um, ran into a couple of problems uh, that were ill-modeled, uh, were difficult to model in the relational database. Um, and so we figured that there's got to be a better way. And uh, eventually, through you know, a number of complications and, and a very nonlinear path, uh, ended up uh, with what's today known as the property graph model. And so that was uh, quite a long time ago. It was at a different startup. I was the CTO of that startup. I was not a didn't start it or anything, but I was the CTO. Um, and uh, and since then, I've basically been working on graph databases. Um, and back in 2007, we, we spun out the the IP from that from that old company and and formed uh, what today is uh, NeoTechnology.
0: That has been a, quite a ride, hasn't it?
1: I mean, it's, uh, it's quite a long time,
0: actually, if you think about it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, uh, one, one way of looking at it is that this is, this is all I've done my entire professional life. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've always been working on, on graphs prof- professionally, right? And I I, of course, grew up as a hacker way earlier than that. So I've, I've worked on a lot of other software as well. Um, but, but, but really, my focus, sort of professional focus for, for the past 15 years have been on graph database's.
0: Amazing! Wow. So, I mean, the, the question I always ask people on this podcast is also, you know, why, you know, why Grouse? You know, what's so good about Grouse? You know, what's your perspective
1: on that? I'm sure you'll uh, uh, you
0: you have a couple to share.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is uh, this is easily a a topic that could that could fill many podcasts uh, for, for for me. But I, but I think look, I think fundamentally, it's it's because I think that's. That's the way to make sense of the world, right? That's that's the way that the world makes sense to me fundamentally. You know, I'm I'm as an individual. I don't know. I don't know if you agree with this. You know, describing me as, as your Uber boss, right? <laughs> but but I, I'm I'm a very relationship oriented person, um, and and I just think that and, and that's on sort of on a human human level. But but I also think that that's just how computer systems and how software fits together, right? And I think that there's a lot of value in being able to, to explicitly, explicitly declare and honor relationships in data, um, and that's fundamentally what the property graph model is about, right? If you, if you, you know, there, there's a number of benefits, but like if you peel away everything, it really all stems from the fact that relationships are first-class citizens, um, and, and I think that's, th- that's how I look at the world, and that's how we ended up with that model.
0: Absolutely, and it's it's kind of interesting to me when I talk to you know users or, or prospects about this. You know, we always compare it to the relational model, right? And and I always say, you know, it, the relational model is very anti-relational. You know, it's, yeah. Yeah. it really yeah. isn't that relational.
1: It, 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 it's weird, right? Because the the word relational is actually from mathematical relations, not from relationship, right? Mm-hmm. But that's too fine of a distinction. Uh, I mean, most people don't know that, and it's, it's kind of hard to communicate, that. But, but it is funny that graph databases are way more relationship-oriented than, than relational database, which, on the other hand, is way more relationship-oriented than most so-called NoSQL models out there, than the key value model or, or document databases, etc.,
0: Very, very true. Yeah, absolutely. So um, this could go on for a very long time, but instead of doing that... No, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Instead of doing that, I thought, you know, we would do something different for this podcast. After all, you are the Uber boss, so um, uh, I I thought we'd do a little quiz if you're up, up for that. Let's go for it. Let's go for it. Well, the quiz is very simple, right? I'm going to give you two words. And you're supposed to pick a word and tell me why you're picking the word. Is that okay?
1: <laughs> well, that, that is okay, but only if there's a dramatic way of introducing the question. Like, for example, a high-quality drum roll.
0: Like, like, like for example...
1: Was that what you had in mind? Well, when I think high quality would bumble, <laughs> that's exactly what I have in mind.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, we'll start with that. So the first two words are very, very easy to get you going, right? So, what do you choose between sports
1: or music? Oh, definitely music. Definitely music. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I'm. So it's funny. Now that I live in the US, right, then there's all kinds of sports analogies, you know, happening here in, in business, right? I mean, I, I think business is the only, the only rival. Sort of um, source for analogies in business is military, right? Everyone goes to military analogies, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and but then the second one is always sports, and it's about you know this filling the stadium over there, it's getting to home base over there, and it's third base. It's like all these kind of sports analogies of which I know absolutely none. <laughs> and then of course after that, people then assume that it's because I'm European. So then they go to Soccer analogies instead, and I have no idea about those either. <laughs> uh, so sports has never been my my strength. I'm in. I'm but what abso- about music? Absolute utter geek in, in that in that respect. Oh, no. So definitely definitely music. I um, I've on the other hand always uh, dabbled in music. In fact, I'm I'm actually a classically trained pianist, um, which uh, I, I sometimes use. But for example, when I give talks about some talks about Neo4j, and um, I talk whenever I mention the word relational database at a, in a couple of at a couple of events there's been a piano in the room for whatever reason, and then I woke up there and I play dum, 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 da-dum, da-dum. you know the imperial march right yeah, so yeah. It, it even comes to Comes to good use in, in my modern day modern day present role, no. But I mean, I think music has been it has been a very constant in my life, uh, where where, where a sport hasn't. So it's an easy choice for this well, one. Absolutely.
0: So I think it's time for a second question. If you're up for go that. go for it. All right, here we go. High quality drum roll for you,
1: I and the question is: USA or Sweden? USA or Sweden? Well, I mean, I'm going to have to go with Sweden there, right? So, uh, you know, it's funny. This is the second time uh, in my life that I live in the U.S., um, and I'm, like, the, the least nationalistic person that you'll ever find, in general. However, I've observed in myself that the moment that I move outside of Sweden, like, is the moment that I really start loving Sweden, right? So when I live in Sweden, I criticize it all the time, about all these things that are broken and wrong and fundamentally flawed, etc. Except some magical the moment i get on that plane and i land somewhere else it is this absolutely perfect utopian (laughs) place that can never do anything wrong Mm. and since i am in silicon valley as we record this i'm definitely going to choose sweden
0: absolutely well and 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 how does that relate to things like um, corporate culture and stuff like that is there you know how do you how would you describe you know neotechnology technology and the corporate culture
1: yeah that's a Great question. I mean, as, as, as you well know, Rick, I mean, I, I, I rant all the time about this. Uh, I have the saying, you know, I want to create an American company with a Swedish soul, right? I wanted to hear you say it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, a, it's, it's kind of a weird expression maybe, but it, it, it means something to me, right? So, so basically, you know, growing up, growing up in Sweden, I, I grew up very much to, to, to the left of, of most people. Uh, in in terms of in terms of politics and, and not just I mean here in the US of course there are like one extremely right wing party um, and then there's the Republicans to the right of them right so from, <laughs> from, from, from 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 that perspective then every single party is is left but but no even in Sweden like I grew up on the left wing right and then amongst that group of people it's not very common to you know, how should I say this big American companies aren't usually uh, the the most idolized uh, organizations on the planet but despite that i've actually always had a big admiration for big american companies um and yes there are so many things that are fundamentally flawed about them but uh you know the numbers speak for themselves if you look into the fortune 500 there's a huge huge um uh disproportionate amount of them that are american companies and they're just very very good at executing in in, in many in very good at execution, I should say, um, in, in many instances, right? So I, I, I admire their aggressiveness. I admire their um, their ambition, the fact that they set goals and they measure themselves to them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, on the other hand, I think there's a number of things where American companies, in general, I'm stereotyping now, right? Mm-hmm. But where American companies uh, don't act in a way that I, that I kind of agree with. And primarily around how you treat employees, right? You treat your fellow colleagues. And that's where I think that Swedish companies who aren't the most amazing on, on the planet when it comes to setting aggressive goals for example yeah. uh, but they do excel I think in terms of creating a culture where you have truly individual peers that tre- treat, in general treat each other uh, very respectfully and very well and have a more humane approach and I want to marry the two of them into, into one company so, so that's why I say that building an American company with a Swedish soul
0: so I'm going to have a quick drum roll, and I'm going to ask <laughs> another question <laughs> that is very related, I think, which is,
1: you know, authority or consensus. Uh, authority or consensus? Definitely consensus. Uh, I am a, I'm a very consensus-oriented person. Uh, I think that consensus is one of those words that, you know, people... Um, tend to uh, have a very negative view of that word um, and, and, and sometimes for good reason, right? Because it can lead to uh, some bad things. There are definitely bad forms of consensus that lead to basically, you know, from a technologist perspective and a database perspective that lead to deadlocks, right? <laughs> if, yes. if, if you end up in a situation where you, as an organization, you can't execute until everyone buys in, then that's not good because it doesn't scale, Right. Mm-hmm. But it is incredibly powerful that if you have a, a small team that is set out to, to perform a specific task or reach a specific goal, um, if that small team has achieved consensus around the approach and, and the method through which they're going to get there, uh, that unlocks what I believe is one of the most amazing powerful forces on the planet, which is intrinsic motivation. That's how you get really smart people to, to be motivated. is is giving them an opportunity to to chime in and and through discussion arrive at at, uh, at at the method of getting there, and then they feel ownership. and And consensus is one one way of getting there, but it has to has to have um, sort of controls in place where it doesn't lead to deadlock, and and that's an important one. But between consensus and authority, I definitely choose consensus.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I've, I've seen, you know, I've, I've been with Neo for about three years now, and I've definitely seen, uh, you know, you actively promoting it. So I, I really right. respect that a lot. So. Cool. Um, I think we need another drum roll.
1: Oh, you, I was just waiting. <laughs> <laughs> All what, right. Is that, is that from your cell phone? Or yes, something? it is. Yes, it is. Yes, yes, yeah, <laughs>
0: Great. Yeah. Well, Very high quality. Hey. you 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 row with the means that you have, right? So <laughs> um,
1: lead or follow. Uh, definitely lead, right? So I mean, I I don't know if anyone else would. This may not pass the not test, right? You you want to choose words where like everyone would not choose one of them. And I think most people would choose lead here, uh, but I'm still going to go with the flock and, ch- and, and, and choose lead, uh, ironically enough. I mean, I think that's, that's one of the things that I do believe that we do here at, at NeoTechnology. I think that you know, uh, graph databases as a category didn't exist before we got started. And, and I think that we've, we've done a lot of work on not just promoting Neo4j, the specific product, but graph databases and the general approach um, and I think that part is is uh, one aspect where i 'm actually proud in in how we 've led the industry not just for our own benefit but truly because we believe that the general approach of having relationship uh perspective on data is valuable
0: absolutely and well you know it comes with a lot of uh, costs as well right i mean leading is is expensive isn't it
1: yes that, that's very true and, and and i think there's you know just from a from a you know whatever business strategy perspective I think there's there's a lot of examples where you have a so called first mover in an industry that that takes a lot of cost and effort and and you know blood sweat and tears right uh, to to build momentum around something and then the so called fast follower comes in and swoops it away right and and in in many ways I think that's that's exactly you know where we are in the, in the graph space right now. I think that you know certainly 15 years ago when we got started, but, but even two, three years ago, I mean, for example, when you started, I think it was much less obvious that there would be a distinct standalone, huge category called graph databases. I mean, we all believed it, right? Mm-hmm. We yeah. all, you know, we all, we all kind of saw it, but I don't think in general that if you would ask uh, 100 database experts that they, that they would agree with that. Mm-hmm. I do think that is true today. Right? So we're now exactly at that point where, where the category as a whole is about to take off. And you know, we see it in the competitive landscape as well. right? We see that there's a bunch of big companies that used to ignore graph databases and talk about it as a niche that we now know are building out proper, full-blood, property graph implementations and, and take them to the market. So it's a, it's a very interesting time in the graph database space right now. Very true. So one more, okay? Sure, go for it.
0: <laughs> I, I'm going to use this in presentations. <laughs> of course. I mean, it's, it's just that good. It's so good. Okay, focus or platform?
1: Focus or platform. Wow. Okay, that's a hard one because I want to choose both of them, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but, but if I have to choose, it's going to be focus. Um, because I think that you build out a platform through an, a focused product, mm-hmm. uh, because a focused product is what ultimately delivers the most value to users. Um, and, and I always had this, this, um, I don't know if, what, what do you call it, if it's a motto or a, or a mantra or, 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 or something. But when, when I was, uh, very heavily involved with, with designing the, the product, right, which, um, you know. Unfortunately, or, or maybe fortunately, I, I don't know. Uh, I I no longer have the the bandwidth to do. But I always had the saying where it's like, when in doubt, leave it out, right? And you know, whenever I I or we had had any kind of concerns, like is this feature truly needed by everyone? We would we would leave it out, yeah. um, because I think that all great things, all great products out there that at least that I admire have uh, a, a strict focus. To them, and and I think that's that's how you get uh, you know broad adoption, and from there you can then build out laterally in the product, which ultimately will create a platform. So if I have to choose, I'm going to go with focus. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Well, it it sort of also um, makes me think, at least, and, and part of the reason why I asked the question is the the crossing the chasm uh, analogy of Jeffrey uh, yeah. Moore, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, very cool. well, Emil, I, I think we're going to wrap up here. It's almost uh, 20 minutes into the podcast, so um, oh wow I, uh, thanks, I re- thanks, you're having fun. <laughs> it does, it really does. I want to thank you again for coming on the podcast. I think uh, all of the listeners will really appreciate it as well, and uh, thank you also for, uh, for, for building a great company and a great product together with uh, all of us
1: together with many people and uh, very much including uh, yourself Rick and this podcast I mean I was just Mentioning to this this to Rick for, for the listeners, I was just mentioning this to Rick before uh, before we got started. That I, I don't think I've listened to every single episode. There's maybe one or two that I haven't listened to. But you know I'm I'm the biggest fan of this podcast, and I think it's it's, it's, it's I mean it's, I think it's a treasure trove of of how people thought about graph databases, and I think we're going to look back on it ten years from now and just hear voices actually from the source uh, at the early beginning of this amazing category. I hope so too.
0: Thank you again, and I look forward to seeing you and uh, meeting you again uh, very, very soon. (laughs) Awesome. Thanks, Rick. Cheers, man. Bye. Bye bye.